Good morning, good afternoon, good night. It's Xavi. If you know me, I'm happy you're here. If you don't, I converted a moving truck into a tiny home amidst the pandemic, gave up my place, and hit the road. Starting in Vancouver, I drove to Miami and realized that there was too much adventure not to share. So to fill you in on my journey, the Play On Foundation presents the Two Degrees Podcast. Why two degrees? Because I'm now a snowbird and escaping two degree weather. I built the truck wrong and the majority of the weight is on the passenger side, so we're tilted at two degrees. But also, I'm going to catch up with industry professionals who I'm glad to call friends and bring you two degrees of separation away from them and what they do. So, welcome to the Two Degrees Podcast, brought to you by the Playon Foundation for Neurological Research and Brain Aneurysm Detection and Prevention. To learn more about the Playon Foundation, check out www.letsplayon.org. But for now, enjoy the show. But first, a quick word. Do you like mangoes? <laughs> of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story. Peeled Fruit, illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. Well, great to uh, uh, get to sit down with you, buddy. Um, Likewise. So, yeah, let's, you know, kick it off, get started whenever you want. Let's have some fun. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Two Degrees Podcast, brought to you by the Play On Foundation. Today's guest, I have the utmost joy of bringing y'all because... He's just so insightful from the perspective of a gardener. Um, I started following him on Instagram at garden underscore Marcus. And it was especially during a time when I started cultivating my own little garden as well. And it just brought me so much more joy to be cultivating my own little space with my own little plants and giving it some purpose and in a world where society is kind of leaning towards people trying to you know become more one with themselves and I've noticed a lot more people taking up the art of gardening I think Marcus is definitely somebody that everybody should follow if not get his book which just dropped how to grow nurture your garden nurture yourself and i already started reading it and i can already tell that it's going to be something that's gonna awaken the masses if you will so everybody it's marcus marcus bridgewater (laughs) how you doing how's the day so far uh the day has been pretty fantastic woke up early took a walk with my mom uh Uh, did some uh, planting and some watering in the garden. Mm-hmm. And now I'm here having a great conversation with you. Oh, thanks, man. Um, so you're in Texas right now? Yes, I'm in Texas, just north of Houston. Sweet. Awesome. Um, I just drove through Texas. Uh, Fort Worth is where I'm trying to visit next. I'll make okay. it there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, yeah. So, so I'm I'm so curious now to start with you. So, you start off in your book and with a very captivating intro of just talking about the correlation of thorns and and roses, where you mm-hmm. grew up in a thorn bush. You say, mm-hmm. so tell me about growing up in a thorn bush, Florida, right? Yes, Florida, uh, and and. Um, the thorn bush is a larger metaphor for uh, the world and for um, mm. my country, for my for my state, for my town. Um, 
So the, the, the rose bush itself as a metaphor is to say that there are some incredibly beautiful roses that smell and are, in, are very inviting. But for some of us, we're born in the thick of it. We're born in, in the brush, yeah. so to say. So although we know those roses are there, we're really getting uh, pricked by the thorns more mm -hmm. than we are getting to actually smell the roses. Um, and so that's what I meant by that. And when I say that, uh, the correlation to that in terms of my upbringing was I grew up in a country or sorry, I go, I grew up in a space that was primarily country mm -hmm. and, uh, in its setting, it started to have more and more violence creep in mm -hmm. from the cities and that violence was really pushed by media and pushed by trends. And it started to affect the area in a way that was somewhat negative. And so many of the thorns that I crossed were uh, things that were being developed in society, so to say. And so while, the, again, the rose bush itself is thriving, growing, uh, there are more and more stems coming off of shoots because of lack of maintenance. And, and uh, those of us who are down in the brush are, are getting poked and scratched left and right. It's interesting that you describe it that way in, in the sense where we can see the roses and we're aware that it's a rose bush, but the sensation of getting pricked is so much more powerful and can pull focus away from uh -huh. other senses. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I, I take this metaphor even further in other settings to describe the... Um, lingering effects of those pricks as splinters and mm. the splinters sometimes you can't get to them and so they callous over and so if you imagine you have a splinter in a knuckle or just in your side then over time even though it's calloused it still hurts a bit as yeah. time goes on um, and, and even though you are actively trying to become numb to it, there's times where just the right movement might have been ever so subtle, causes a really sharp pain. Yeah. That's, that's really hard to get to without some uh, precision and care. And, and, and so where the tweezers come into play, that, that often to me is a really good friend, a, a, a quality setting of exchange of, of thought mm -hmm. no that's fascinating because it's like pretty much all the questions that i have are answered in a book in this book particularly because it's it's just life it's about experiences and it's about nurturing your own space not selfishly but knowing that it's your space and, and you need to appreciate it and accept it and, and grow in that because that is your space and mm -hmm. so it's it's tricky asking questions when they're in the book as well and <laughs> i i strongly encourage everybody to get it and like i mentioned before where gardening has become a fad as of late mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where i absolutely love what you're doing with it where you're incorporating life lessons into it because that's what it is, is mm -hmm. this opportunity for you to nurture something else that's outside of you and learn about life because you're now looking at it from the, from the outside perspective. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's just, I, I just got to say, well done with that. So through that, Thank I want to ask, um, when did the concept of writing this book or turning all of your ideas into a book oh man well you know uh after uh the world changed and uh the garden marcus social media profiles started to garner more and more attention because more and more people wanted kindness patience and positivity mm. we had eyes on us and when i say us i i have a company choice forward and the company is dedicated to empowering people to better their mental health, physical fitness, spiritual awareness, 
so that we can build stronger communities and healthier environments. And what ended up happening with Garden Marcus is the embodiment of the Choice Forward philosophy, because truly I created this philosophy to try and help myself and anyone who's struggling find a way to grow despite the obstacles. And as I embraced this philosophy and used it to help others and uh, my partner in crime, uh, Dana, happened to be helping me understand how the internet works uh, and how social media works because I, I was not big into social media and I couldn't have told you what a DM was uh, and how to do it properly. So all of those things came together in a way that made for a, a prime opportunity when the eyes were upon us to yield a product that could be helpful to many people. I had not considered it being a book, so to say. Uh, I hadn't thought, oh, you know what we're going to do is do all of these things to go and write a book. Helping people was the forefront of thought and publishers reached out to us to um, share those thoughts in a, a medium that quite frankly, is much larger than myself. And I feel honored to be in the position of uh, having had the opportunity to share my thoughts this way. Now, it says that you're, you're also a teacher. You're currently a teacher. Uh, not currently. Uh, okay. I was a, a teacher up until January of last year. Um, I was a, a teacher and administrator um, at a private preparatory. Mm -hmm. But I left that to focus on being an author and full-time CEO and founder of Choice Forward. Gotcha. Um, and at the same time, as I say that, I, I have to note that I can feel my mother's eyes raising as she hears this to say <laughs> that uh, I am always teaching in some way because I care about learning. Mm -hmm. and And so... Um, whether or not I'm teaching myself or I'm teaching those around me what I've learned that day, I'm, I am a teacher of sorts. So I, I'm like, ah, not, not by what the world standards are. I'm, it's, I'm not a, a careered teacher right now. That's not mm -hmm. what my profession is. But um, I do consider myself an educator of sorts. Um, I'm trying to share knowledge as best I can. Gotcha. I was because I was going to allude to what what did you learn about social media from your students, mm. students at the school, just because you said <laughs> you were so you you weren't a fan. You didn't know what social media was and you, would, you didn't know what a DM was. And I can only imagine what students would say if you told them that. Oh, man, they they made fun of me all the time. I you know, <laughs> I thought TikTok was a calendar app and uh, <laughs> and and they would laugh all the time and they'd be like, how, how is it that the guy who avoided social media for so long and like doesn't even really like it tells us all the time we need to make sure we put our phones away, get sleep and study. How did you just come out of nowhere and get so many followers? And I was like, oh, guys, probably because I wasn't chasing it and I, I wasn't concerned with the followers as much as I was concerned with you. And then how did they interpret that? They would all laugh and then uh, say things like, oh, Mr. B, uh, that's that's so like you, Mr. B. And, and, and um, <laughs> you know, as I think back to those times, I'm tickled because truly I was like, I, I really was concerned with them, right? Like mm -hmm. the priority has always been their well-being. And I share with people often, it's a selfish thought in many ways because I want to live in a future that's, that's good and filled with good people. And the only way to do that is to make sure that the people who exist right now are taken care of and are loved and are, are treated with kindness, patience, and positivity. So we've got to do that now if we want to experience the idea then, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to tie that in with your your mantra of the book if you will where it's like we cannot make anything grow but we can only foster environments where life wants to grow and mm -hmm. still on the topic of the students of the children where how do you teach them or what is a conversation like 
to convince them to not chase adulthood. Mm, 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 mm. Oh man, snaps to you for that for that <laughs> question there. That's a really good one. And uh, I, I have found to try and um, stop someone from chasing something is to tie myself to someone and to be exhausted as they pull on the pole that I've created. Mm. Uh, so I let them chase it, but I try to stand as tall as a firm pole as I can so that they don't want to. Mm. And, and the way I did that was by having conversations with them in earnesty with them at the space they were in at that time. And so I saw a lot of my peers being my colleagues talking to the youth as if they were youth. And I, I thought to myself so many times in life, I don't want to do that because my life was very difficult. And when people talked down to me, even though they hadn't had to experience some of the difficulties I experienced, it felt like they were speaking from a place they didn't understand. And it was like a contradiction. So mm. I never want to assume I understand what the youth is going through. I, I had the luxury of growing up before cameras were everywhere, before I was being encouraged to put all of my soul into a screen. Mm. I can't pretend I know what that feels like. So I talk to them that way. I know about life from where I am, mm -hmm. right? But I don't know about life where you are. I need to learn about life where you are and you need to appreciate life where I am. If you chase life where I am, not only are you going to ignore life where you are, but you're also going to wind up repeating the same mistakes and choices that led to the disasters we experience today. Mm -hmm. So how do we avoid that? Stop for a moment. Think. You tell me what you're experiencing and why. And I'll do the same. Hmm. And when we did that, there, there was no chase anymore. It was simple construction. That's beautiful. And it's, it's whenever I, I hear educators speaking from perspective of trying to essentially keep their students young mm -hmm. where i'm i'm curious if i got that advice if i would listen mm -hmm. to which mm -hmm. i'd turn that back to you if, if you were a child and you're back in florida and you had an educator reaching out the way that you're reaching out to these kids do you feel it would be powerful enough to garner your attention and listen uh, I think so. And, and I think so uh, for a few reasons, but the reason being um, consistency hmm. and uh, discipline. I found that when I was young, I, despite being annoyed by it, still yearned for the discipline because that's how I grew. But Oftentimes, those who were trying to give me discipline weren't being consistent themselves. Hmm. So I think that if I found someone who was being consistent and encouraged me to be disciplined, and I saw that in their own life, they seemed to be at peace in a way, sharing hmm. peace with others, despite what adversity they were facing, I think I would want to learn from them and and want to uh listen to what they were sharing because they they would be showing me an example of what they're talking about um and so i i, I do think sometimes that i am doing that um and then i will often stop and ask whoever it is i'm engaging with what did they hear what are they experiencing have we been able to come to a conclusion that we both understand mm. and where did that stem from what what prompted that type of dialogue as you were growing up 
so not having it myself hmm. made it so that I wanted it desperately and and decided I would not contribute to anything other than that kind of communication because to do anything else is to add to the things that must be maintenance. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I, I have this dichotomy. I, I refer to it in the book, but for the listeners who haven't read the book, just for their, their context, progress is um, the ability to grow and to, to sustain that growth. Maintenance is what is needed in order to actually uh, sustain the growth long-term. So you can't have progress unless you have done the maintenance at hand. Mm -hmm. But every moment of every day is a choice. So because of that, you are either adding to what must be maintenance or you are maintenancing for the sake of progress. And so much of our communication tactics, so much of our approach towards uh, um, problems, I think, is adding to the things that must be maintenance, not taking away from them and addressing them so that we can sustain progress. Gotcha. And now that you brought up dichotomies, I think it's a great segue into that, where do you think there's one that's more prevalent than the other, or do they hold equal merit across the board? In terms of the dichotomies? Yeah, so the, I believe the seed, the soil, the moisture meter. Oh man, in in, I, and we literally put them that way because I I was I I was hoping to make it like a color wheel or like mm. rock paper scissors. Mm. It's like it's like they are all super important and and they weigh against each other in different ways, but they're like playing cards from from like the best kind of game ever. It, <laughs> <laughs> they have they have a balance that is absolute in its perfectness. Hmm. Hmm. So off that definition of perfectness, then are there any sub dichotomies that I guess didn't make the cut or are already encompassed in this, but you wanted to flush out more? Oh, man. Um, you know, I'm flushing out thoughts within thoughts <laughs> within thoughts all the time. Um, <laughs> This is just the infancy of these thoughts. How to grow is is really the framework, the beginning of mm -hmm. of sharing this terminology and this thought process. Um, there were many of the dichotomies we had to actually pull out because they would take away from the core. So I would gotcha. say these are the core, and the rest are are like building blocks on top of that, mm -hmm. um, and and also add for another kind of thinking, right? Because so much of this book is, is geared towards encouraging everyone to seize their potential, to, uh, to appreciate opportunity, to, to nurture community and environment around them and to nurture growth. We don't go into the levels of uh, introspection that we could dive into when we consider what has happened when we did not do those things, when we've made other choices that, that presents you with a whole list of um, dichotomies and frameworks that you can play with in, in ways to show people why they've done what they've done. But again, that gets distracting to the actual growth at hand. So how to grow is really condensed and focused on the elements of growth in mind, body and spirit. Gotcha. Because um, <clears throat> from my perspective, especially, and the thing that stood out to me out of those dichotomies was the shuffle, where mm. the tool or the vice. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I give a talk where I also focus on physical, mental, and <clears throat> in your case, spiritual, but how I, how I interpret it were, was to be emotional where it's okay. different levels of fitness mm -hmm. and within each aspect of fitness, how there's things in there. So for example, within the emotional fitness where motivation can be detrimental to success mm -hmm. 
where I found, especially it being more prevalent in social media, you have people that just focus on positivity and, and it's great. Sure. Positivity is definitely a way to navigate life. But then I found that that's become more of a vice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And through that, um, because you expressed that you went through dark times as well. Mm -hmm. What is your perspective then, or how do you navigate this world of overt positivity? Oh man, that's such, again, man, snaps to you with the, <laughs> the streams of thought and, and the, the question. Okay. So, so, Oh, it's so good. Okay. Cause, and, and now I'm about to take you on a slightly abstract carousel of thought. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. So let's imagine that you have a circle. Okay. And that circle is split into its thirds. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the thirds are mind, body, spirit. Right. Yeah. But we're also going to call those thirds rock, paper, scissors. Okay, so they're balanced, right? They 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 balance each other. They 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 make a really great like circle, mm -hmm. and you could spin the circle, and and the circle could land. And if you like, we're doing a wheel of fortune. You put a little peg there, and you spin the circle. The 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 peg would land on a single point if you had a single peg, yeah. right? So so that point might be the mind. It might be the body. It might be the spirit. Um. For whatever reason, at some point in time, we decided to insert pegs onto our wheels. And we then decided that these pegs would be what we decided to focus on at any moment that we spun the wheel. Not the entire wheel itself. We would just focus on the peg. But a couple of the pegs broke. Mm. Right? So, so now the wheel started to spin off and lopsided and would always land in the same space. So we stopped even working on the varying parts of ourselves. We've only ever started to focus on these things because these things are the things now that we've decided to focus on. So there's, a, there's, a, there's another parallel to this, right? Because mm -hmm. this circle is us, right? But in the same way that the, the dichotomies are balanced perfectly, just like we are balanced perfectly, microcosm to macrocosm, the, the reason that I think if we were to focus on what has happened to the world today, the reason why shovel would be the one to like stand out mm -hmm. is because in terms of the pegs, we've stopped using tools effectively on any one of the pegs in the circle of mind body spirit mm -hmm. right and so to be helpful if there is not an element of moderation and discipline involved hmm. now with that in mind we have the life versus the world that i i, I talk about right mm -hmm. but the way that we are now if we take a snapshot of that carousel i'm talking about and we and we take several snapshots over the course of like, let's say many years, and we look at the snapshot that is today, we would see that the world is super focused on positivity because it makes it easy to digest, just like we have in many cases, abuse and discipline lunked in together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, that then caused a problem. So what do we do? We address these with high standard. High standard is going to come with discipline and is going to address the abuse at hand because we're also bringing kindness, patience, and positivity. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, I, that was a, uh, that was my carousel of thought. <laughs> I know I said a lot of things, but I think I brought us back to, the the line to get on the 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 ride <laughs> no yeah and i think i think that's such a and we take it for what it is we don't really try to interpret it because it's it's somebody telling us what it is and we just believe them so i think i think it's it's brilliant to be just as introspective with your analysis as as you were so i hope people take from that as well and 
yeah, I just hope that they, they get this book because I think it's going to open up so many more avenues of thought. And I think that's, awesome, man. that's the only way, you know, the, <clears throat> the world is. And I think we are in that age of evolution where it's now thoughts turn, brings on curiosity and allows for... Mm-hmm. It shapes evolution. so much of perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we'll be right back after this short message. But in the meantime, don't forget to connect with us on our Instagram, at PlayOn2013, and tell us what you think about the show. Do you like mangoes? (laughs) Of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story. Peeled Fruit, illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. Now back to the show so back to your book and a moment that i found really funny where you took 16 plants from florida and brought them to texas Mm -hmm. my first thought when you revealed that how many of them died nine of them died Mm mm-hmm was there any thought of like it's the environment or did you just immediately blame yourself oh man um a great question uh i immediately blame myself my novice at the time made it so i was crippled by i was like oh what did i do wrong not Hmm. what was wrong with the environment i placed you in Hmm. um and so that was a part of the reason why, you know, the, that saying uh, you can't make anything grow, but you can foster an environment where things want to grow. Um, a part of what that is saying is there are many environments, some things already are likely to grow there. Find that environment. You may already be fostering an environment in different places that w- is good for things to grow. Yeah. But that environment might be different for the different things, right? You might only have three different types of environments before plants will come to find out that's exactly what you needed because you all the you know of the four three plants needed one of those environments so you still got one you can bring more plants to so i i say all that because there's so much versatility to it but it's a really good question because truthfully um with practice and experience i now think more about is it the environment or is it something i'm doing to the plant Hmm. And with that, I'm curious to know how many plants do you have now? Uh, we have, uh, just because of uh, how many times I had been asked in the last little while, I decided <laughs> to do a fresh count of the inside. We're at uh, over 250 indoors and uh, looking at rounding out 650, 700 outside. And then with those plants, how many of them were planted by you and not adopted so from seed from seed planted by me Mm. very little um Mm. i would say like probably 30 maybe um and and when i say and, and then i even in that i consider like taking like um a seedling from a sapling of a plant and nurturing that to a full grown plant. So I'm including, including that in, in the, the list. Uh, Cause you know, I mean, it's like, although you can grow some philodendrons from seed, um, it's really rare to get the seed for the philodendron. Um, but I have grown now a, a 50 leaf plant from a single leaf, right? So, yeah. right. Wow. And so, and, and that was a single leaf lit, right? So, um 
I, that was from a propagation then? Yes, yes, a propagation. Right. But and then some, you know, what I mean, there's so it, this this is where it gets into the sticky terms. Of, mm -hmm. And I'm not a, a, a horticulture specialist by any means. But so um, there is a, a process of cutting off a stem or a leaf or something and putting that in water to grow more uh, roots and more seeds. Then there's also the process of cutting off some like a piece that's growing from the plant itself, like from the base of a plant, and then uh, nurturing that cut, that cutting off. So it's not necessarily the same as a propagation because you've got to split the stem and you've got to uh, uh, um, take that peel back the bark and and so it's, it is a kind of propagation, but it's not as simple as just cutting it and putting it in water. So yeah. uh, having done both, um, I'm I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I could say I brought lots of plants from their infancy to a much larger, larger stage. Now, I may have overlooked it, but looking on your Instagram, do you also like self-sustain with gardening and vegetables as well? Um, so not self-sustain truly, because, mm -hmm. you know, that would be that would require a lot of, of vegetables. I'm hoping to get to a point to where I can say that I am more sustained, but okay. I do have and supplement quite a bit. So um, we have um, different hydroponic units. Um, I have different raised beds. I've uh, got um, all kinds of planters of herbs and vegetables, um, fruits, I've got trees of fruits and vegetables and nuts. So I've got all kinds of things to eat, um, but I won't, I, 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 I couldn't say that I could survive, survive off of all of those things. What's it like knowing that you're consuming something that you have planted from infancy into like something that is consumable? Uh, I planted some cucumber seeds some pepper seeds, eggplant seeds. Um, what was the other one? There's one more and some squash. And oh no, and there was one more, the tomato. And they all grew. And mm. and the cucumbers were literally the largest cucumbers I had ever seen. Um, they, they grew to be as long as my forearm. And uh, the process of growing them was fun, but man, let me tell you, eating them was like just such a treasure. It was just like, yeah. oh, this is amazing. Um, I watched you grow and I managed to keep you from the squirrels and the raccoons. Uh, this is awesome. Thank you, plant. Uh, really appreciate the hard work you did to do this. And uh Thanks for thanking me for that hard work because it was hard to do this for you. Um, so I'm going to eat this and enjoy it. And uh, hopefully you appreciate that. That's so funny. Now, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on pros and cons. So what are some pros that you're not a professional gardener to your style of gardening? And what do you think are some cons that professional gardeners, horticulturalists, agriculturalists have because they are professionals? Um, you know, it's hard to say what the con of a professional would be given I'm not there and haven't mm. spent time as a professional. Um, but I can tell you a pro from where I am, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then I can tell you what I would see the con as if I was to progress from where I am into a state that was considered uh, professional. So uh, I, I give that caveat as I as I answer the question. Um, as a novice gardener, right, as a non-professional gardener, I feel like I haven't had the uh, scrutiny of the world to perform. And so I haven't had to deal with contracts. I haven't had to deal with the ideals that come with those kinds of systems and the bureaucracy. 
So what that's allowed me to do is experiment, grow, enjoy myself and learn in a way that is utterly organic and earnest. And I believe that at a certain point, if I were to progress with this and try and say, turn my yard into a nursery and, 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 uh, not only would that require a, a kind of learning curve, right? Because I don't know all of the genome species. I don't know all of the specific names. I don't know all of the, the hardiness zones for the varying plants and, and what you would be looking for, for the cross section within the plants and all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, so there'd be that learning curve, but then there would also be, as I was saying before, the new pressure to perform. And with a pressure to perform, Oftentimes you find that uh, unless you are in a, a spiritual space where you can train all the time so that that performance is not a performance, it's just a sharing of sorts, then the performance becomes taxing to your spirit, which becomes taxing to your body, which becomes taxing to your mind. Mm -hmm. So what I fear for professionals who are working with really uh, uh, with their hands deeply tied into life, I worry that they are injecting facets of the world before they care for their well-being and the worth of the community they are sharing whatever their product is with. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah. That's that's man, that's it's when you relate everything to plant life and the growth of a plant into how we grow, everything just sounds way more profound. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's magical, man. It's crazy. Cause oh, like well, thanks, bro. That uh that's really nice to hear. Um humbling. It's it's you know, it's a blessing in many ways because the amount of times I walk through my own garden being like, whoa, life, you and your <laughs> consistencies are epic. Yeah. Uh, to hear someone else say it back to me uh, uh, with awe in their voice <laughs> is a very, very humbling and um, awesome experience. That's a blessing, man. So thank no, you. Thank it's, you. It's, it's, a shared, it's a shared feeling. I, I can promise you that. And through that, I'm also curious then, what was the first moment that you experienced with a plant that you related it to human life? Um, I think that moment would have been um, putting the plants inside of a planter and realizing we all share the same soil. Um, mm. Because in that community planter, there was, a, it's a 21 inch planter. I think I planted 16, 17 plants. Mm -hmm. And I watched them all share the soil share the different uh, layers of soils, share which way they were going to grow. And that was really one of the major ones that like made so a clear correlation because I, at the same time, I just gotten a fresh class of students and seeing how as the teacher, like the gardener, my job was to make sure that they all spread out throughout the space equally but also where they were going to get the nurturing they needed so that they could all grow cohesively. Um, that, that correlation was one that um, will stick with me for uh, a lifetime. That's, that's beautiful. Have you um, subscribed or gotten familiar with the gentleman by the name Sad Guru? No. Um, in his efforts to essentially protect and save the environment, he's pushing the agenda of save the soil. And I think it's, it's the first time I came across anybody that's because everybody's talking about the trees and, and the plants and, mm, and mm, but don't understand why you want to save those things. Like the, yeah, the, yeah. the thing that ties them all together. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. that's awesome, man. I, is there a way uh, when we get off this, you could send me a a, a link or a name of some oh, sort because I would I would to totally uh, love to look into it and follow it up. But I, I'm super bad with names. 
no for sure just because like you're you're literally the second person that i've ever heard talking about the soil to that capacity so i think that's definitely an important um narrative to keep pushing and i think you you have the platform you have the voice for that so congratulations with having that as well so that's also awesome man well thank you you know i mean uh, i go back to the the reason for my company choice forward is to build stronger communities and healthier environments and each mm -hmm. one of us as a person is a pillar in our community so to build a stronger community and to have a healthier environment it starts with people and people are their mind, their body, and their spirit. So we got to start with our mental health, physical fitness, spiritual awareness, if we want to have a better future. 100%. Um, and back tying in with, with those three aspects and what you had said earlier about your students, um, with those three pillars and in the talk that I give, the essential, my essential message or my essential um I guess, message that I'm trying to convey is the importance of rest. So even within all three aspects, you still need to rest your mental, need to rest your spiritual, as well as definitely resting your physical. I'm curious to know your personal relationship with rest and what does rest look like for you, especially considering how now you're probably going on a book tour, your press junkets and all that. It's going to be a little bit draining. So rest is going to be something that you're going to prioritize as much as you've already been but i'm curious to know what that looks like for you uh rest for me uh is time uh, at ease and to to be frank i don't rest much um because um, in a lot of ways, I, I, I see rest as a powerful tool. And so I, I use that tool very sparingly in a way. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I try to go to exhaustion. I relax, right? I recuperate. Yeah. I take time to meditate. I take time for my prayer. I take time in the garden for those things, right? And so the garden keeps me both active, aligning my spirit, also in consciousness and in connection with the universe at large right so in a lot of ways i say i'm speaking to whoever it is i am to meet and whoever it is i have already crossed as i cross and take care of all my plants so in that way if i need a moment and i take 10 minutes in my garden it'll give me 30 right yeah so 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 that's its own thing now when it comes to rest the time that is needed for rest I have sound bowls, I have um, uh, candles in my journal. I have all, all kinds of tools. I have um, uh, my guitar and my piano, um, yeah, my, 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 my poetry um, journal. And so it's like all of these different facets are ways that I will evoke rest, so to say, for a different part of me. Cause you know, in all the different parts it's like, Sleep is the ultimate rest. Sleep is the rest for my mind, my body, and my spirit, especially if my mind is at ease before I've gone into sleep, right? Otherwise, rest for my mind might be exercise for my body. Rest for my body yeah. might be uh, coloring with my mind, right? Yeah. Um, rest for my spirit might be some music of some sort you see what i mean so like yeah, as yeah. i as i think about rest as a whole sleep as i think about rest in its capacity to recharge each one of my facets of being well there's different practices i use yeah no that's 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 awesome and it's like as you mentioned where it's just like i was echoing something from you it's it's so fascinating and, and humbling back on my part. It's like, all right, cool. I'm also on the right track when other people echo the sentiments that I've shared as well. Just awesome. because also to reflect the book where it's just like, nobody really, everybody has to cultivate their own path. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that everybody adopt that notion sooner than later because then it would just make life so much easier, especially while we grow. Mm -hmm. um, 
have you had a chance to see the movie Everywhere, Anywhere, All at Once? No, but I've been recommended it by like six people. And that's that's the thing where it's just like, it really gave me the insight that nobody knows what the heck they're doing with life. Mm. And it's all trial and error at every single point in their life. Mm -hmm. Where the way you made breakfast this morning, the way you make it tomorrow, they're there's it's never going to be the same and there's always that slight danger of you messing up a recipe or to the point of burning down your house because of faulty equipment and everything is new at every point and it gave me the perspective where when i was a kid i looked at adults and defined adults to be individuals who just knew everything and they knew what they were doing and also looking at like my parents and how they raised me where I was under the assumption that parents also knew what they were doing. But the reality is adding a kid to the mix, it just made their world so much more chaotic. And mm -hmm. now they still have to navigate this concept of, okay, how do I keep myself alive while keeping this being alive? Mm -hmm. And now again, navigating back to the analogy of the garden where it's just like that's what the garden is too like you're you're trying your best to keep these plants alive and yeah no it's just it's just fascinating where it's like there's so many correlations when it comes to raising plants and to their full potential if you will mm -hmm. and uh life in general it is yeah. I, I i say it all the time my macrocosm to microcosm Life repeats itself on every scale. Yeah, yeah. So here's my question to you then. Why are plants in human care so much more dramatic than plants in nature? <laughs> um, because uh, like all of life, life is supposed to be balanced by community. And... Mm. Uh, community shares the weight of environment. So um, when you take environment and you try and box it down into a small thing, let's call it a house or maybe a planter, um, you're asking a lot of its occupants. And it's just that simple. I, I, I mean, I, 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 let, I let that end in its silence because it is just that simple. Uh, yeah. The house and the planter ask a lot of the plant and the person because that's not necessarily how we were born to live. I love that. I love that. And I love how you ended it too. Just like, that's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, You can say all kinds of words and whatnot, yeah. but you know what I mean? It's like, the dramaticism is, 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 is that's as crisply yeah. as you can uh, state why. Because it's like, it's, it's like one of the funniest memes, I think, that came across the, the world of social media where it's like you have a plant living in nature go through a drought and then it's still fine. Whereas the plant that you have in your place, you forget to water it for a week and it's already dead. Right. And it's like, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a matter of community and the environment where it's like. Planting. Absolutely. Um, yeah. More often than not, uh, any time I'm having a, a hard time with a plant inside, I'll take it outside and mm. watch it grow. And then I'll be like, okay, are you healthy enough to come back inside? All right. I'm sorry. I know yeah. out here is where you want to be, but could you do inside? Let's try. Let's try. Come on. Yeah. Let's try. If, if if a week from now you look like you're not having a great time, I'll bring you back. Deal? Okay. And that's literally the correspondence and the dance I go through with several of my plants. Um, I've had to do that dance like three times with some plants before they would like be okay inside. And I found like what I was, what was going on and why they weren't happy where they were. They needed to be over by like six inches or, or left by eight inches. Or it's like, oh, that time of year, yeah, there's not enough sunlight coming in. So they needed to change. So there's just so many different elements and variations to um, life.
take, taking care of life and just paying attention to it uh, will yield many different results. That's so funny too, because it's like I, I also remember that moment I had where it's like the sun isn't the same year round. Right. And that blew my mind when I came to that realization. I was like, that's that. I gotta, I gotta be more mindful of where my plants are. And it's like the sun's not the same all the time. And it's just now it's making me look at the world as a bigger picture as well, where it's just like the world the earth needs to be in a particular position for the sun to affect the plants within my space the way I want it to. And so it just makes me feel so much smaller, which is great because that's, it, it makes me understand more that I'm just, I'm, I'm a piece of this massive puzzle as opposed to just thinking that the world revolves around me sometimes. So it's, it's interesting, but to that, I'm wondering if you've had any new lessons about plants since you've written the book. Well, you know what? I mean, I'm learning stuff from the plants all the time. And more often than not, a lot of my lessons recently have just been about uh, reaffirming thoughts. Um, I'm going to be releasing a video here in not too long on a uh, a, a plant that shows how when you're planted into a planter, um, the roots take on the form of that planter. Um, and so in the same way that I talk about the importance of environment in the book, uh, taking that same concept a step further and being like, if you were planted in a round planter versus a square planter versus a tall planter, what does that do to your roots? Um, because each one affects how your roots spread out and your roots take shape according to where they're housed. So um, that is a thought. I think there will be many of a podcast or, or yeah. book to expand upon. Nice. That's brilliant. Um, but before I let you go, I wanted to share this moment that I had the other day where I was partaking in a little bit of the the marijuana and every now and then I have these these incredible thoughts and moments but the most recent one I had was trees have a mortality rate I had no idea of that mm -hmm. where the oldest tree is like 5,000 years old and like in the concept of the world it's only 5,000 years old where I just thought that trees kept growing until humanity decided to chop them down mm, no no yeah. <laughs> trees 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 do not live forever uh they just happen to be some of the oldest organisms um yeah. but i think they're uh, uh of their kind they remind me um of the importance of um uh structure um yeah. and how in many ways, the human being's life is super, super temporary um, compared to the uh, longevity of some of our cousins. Yeah. And I, I just, yeah, I found that so interesting and really, and being able to relate it to human life and how we, we move so quickly. And I think how you pointed out in the book, it's like speed, speed isn't necessarily a good thing. Nope. Nope. Uh, we have to take our time. So kindness, patience, positivity. Yeah. But uh, Marcus, thank you so much for uh, letting me your time and, and your insight and your answers. And I wish you the best with this book, Marcus Bridgewater, how to grow everybody. Check that out. Look into that and tell all your friends about it. Cause I, I know way too many people who are proud of their gardens to not take away lessons from it. So mm -hmm everybody get on this book and follow him on Instagram. Gardening yeah. underscore Marcus. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it has been a, a pleasure and a half and uh, it's been a great conversation. My pleasure. Everybody, the two degrees podcast brought to you by the play on foundation. Thank y'all for tuning in and Magina Teo. Thank you all for tuning in. Artwork by Monique Lizardo. Music by Cade Cole. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, share, tag us, whatever all the fun things people do when they like something. But most importantly, check out www.letsplayon.org for the Play On Foundation and lend your voice in bringing awareness to the neurological research for brain aneurysm detection and prevention. My name's Javi. See you next time on the Two Degrees Podcast.